Chapter 4 of The Blue Aunt. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Dominique Turner, Masoma, Tanzania. The Blue Aunt by Eliza Orne White. The Plaid Dress. Aunt Mattie had come down from the farm to do some shopping for the household up there. Aunt Mattie was the aunt of Evelyn's father. Her full name was Matilda, and she was the person for whom both Aunt Hilda and Matilda the doll were named, for last Christmas she had given Matilda to Evelyn. It was Aunt Mattie and her sister Aunt Charlotte with whom Evelyn's father spent all his vacations after his mother married again and went abroad for some years. Evelyn's father had always felt that the house of Aunt Charlotte and Aunt Mattie was home. Aunt Charlotte was a gentle, motherly soul, and when her son Henry and his wife died, she took his children back to the farm, where her sister Mattie had always spent her summers, and now they lived there all the year round. Aunt Mattie was very efficient. She could do all sorts of useful things, from every kind of cooking and preserving and sewing to all sorts of housework and knitting. It was as good for the house to have a visit from Aunt Mattie as to have a spring cleaning, and as good for the people in the house as to take a spring tonic. Aunt Mattie always knew the best way of doing everything, and she did not like new ways. She was sure she knew better about all sorts of things than her nephew's wife did. But there was one thing she felt Sadie knew more about, and that was children's clothes. Not that it matters very much, she said to Mrs West, for we live so out of the world, but Evelyn has such pretty clothes, and I should like the benefit of your taste. So Evelyn's mother and Aunt Mattie went shopping together one morning. Mrs. West always found it hard to go shopping with Aunt Mattie, for they never liked the same things, and when Aunt Mattie said, Oh, what a pretty gingham! Don't you think that is a beauty? It seemed rude to say, No, I don't, over and over again. She was a very polite person, and she was afraid of hurting Aunt Mattie's feelings, but she hated still more to think of her little cousins as dressed in ugly clothes. Aunt Mattie was looking for plaid ginghams of bright colours to please the children, and well covered so they would not show the dirt, and Mrs. West thought all the plaids were hideous. She finally persuaded her to get some plain blue chambray for one child and pink for the other. They will not be at all useful, said Aunt Mattie doubtfully. Nothing is really serviceable unless you are willing to put the children into rompers, and of course Lottie is too old for that. Indeed, no nieces of mine ever go into trousers like boys, said Aunt Mattie firmly. I may be mid-Victorian, as James says, but at least Lottie and Prue will never be taken for boys. Oh, there is a beautiful plaid over there. I always did like a mixture of colours. How much is that a yard? Fortunately, it was too high, and Mrs West suggested that perhaps they could find something ready-made for Lottie and Prue. The ready-made frocks for children were many of them cheap, and most of them pretty, and Mrs West felt they could not go far wrong. They had bought attractive ones for both Lottie and Prue and were leaving the store when Aunt Mattie saw some plaid dresses that were just what she had been looking for. What beauties and how cheap, she said. How I wish I had seen these before. Do you suppose they would mind exchanging the other dresses for these? I would not give them that trouble, said Mrs West, and the others are so pretty. This is my ideal of what a dress should be for a young child, said Aunt Mattie as she fingered the frock. It is well covered and yet gay. Don't you think it is a beauty? 
It is certainly well covered and gay and would be most useful, said Mrs West heartily. She was tired of criticising, and now the frocks were all bought, this much praise could do no harm. Besides, it was the truth. Now she had been so hard to please all the morning that Aunt Mattie was delighted to find something she liked, for she meant to give Evelyn a present. So when Mrs West went across to another part of the store to buy games to send up to the children, Aunt Mattie bought the plaid frock. She meant it for a great surprise for Sadie and her little girl, and she had her wish. It was a great surprise. She saved it to give as a present the night before she went home. Children, I am going away so early tomorrow morning that I'll give you your presents tonight, said Aunt Mattie. I'll give Jim his first because he is the oldest. Jim's present was a sailor suit, just like the one she had bought for his cousin Harry, and as Mrs West had chosen the one for Harry, it was all a boy could wish it to be. Thank you very much, Aunt Mattie. I like it. It's a corker. I know a corker is all right, said Aunt Mattie, but it does sound terrible. Here, Evelyn, I know it is your bedtime, but I want you to have your present first. Evelyn eagerly took the dress out of its box. Her face fell when she saw it, for she did not like plaid frocks. She said nothing. Evelyn, said Mrs West, trying to hide her own disappointment, thank Aunt Mattie for giving you such a nice present. Evelyn was still silent. Darling child, her mother persisted. Kiss Aunt Mattie goodnight, for it is your bedtime, and say goodbye to her, for she is going home before you'll be up in the morning, and thank her for the nice dress. It is not a nice dress, said Evelyn. I hate it. My dear child, you must not be so rude to Aunt Mattie. I can't let you go to bed until you have told her you are sorry you spoke so. I'm not sorry, said Evelyn. I'll sit up all night if I have to, but I'm not sorry. It will be a most useful frock, Aunt Mattie, Mrs West said soothingly. It is just a matter of taste. Prue is always crazy over plaids. Evelyn will like it when she begins to wear it, said Aunt Mattie. I am not going to wear it, for I hate it. You can take it to Prue. My dear child, said her mother helplessly, I can't think why you are so naughty. Kiss Aunt Mattie and tell her you are sorry you spoke so. I'll sit up all night if I have to, but I'm not sorry. What should you do to that child if she were yours? Mrs West asked Aunt Hilda. But before Aunt Hilda could reply, Aunt Mattie said, If she were mine, I should use the mid-Victorian method of punishment and give her a good spanking. Evelyn looked around the room at all the people. Nobody seemed to like her very much. Even her dear Aunt Hilda seemed very grave. Her father was the most friendly of all. She went over to him and climbed up into his lap. No wonder she is such a willful child when you spoil her so, James, said Aunt Mattie. My little pigeon, said her father, run and tell Aunt Mattie you are sorry you are such a naughty girl. But father, she pleaded, I am not sorry. It would be a lie. She felt her father could understand. Put her down, James, said her mother. She has been a naughty little girl and she does not deserve to sit in your lap. She can sit in the corner in her own little chair and not speak until she is ready to say she is sorry. They all went on with their evening occupations, just as if she were not in the room. Nobody looked at her or spoke to her. After a time, her mother said, Jim, it is your bedtime. And as if to show what a good boy he was, he went over to bid Aunt Mattie goodbye and let her kiss him. This was a great deal for Jim to do, for he did not like to be kissed but he felt sorry for Aunt Mattie. He stopped when he came to the corner where Evelyn was sitting. 
She was trying very hard to keep her eyes open. Poor Jim had a fear that his little sister would sit up all night. He stooped and whispered to Evelyn, "'Tell her you are sorry. There's a good kid,' he advised. "'She's an old lady and she meant to be so kind. You can do it in three words. I am sorry.' "'But I am not sorry.' "'Well, if you don't beat the Dutch,' Jim said as he went upstairs. "'Really, Sadie, I am sorry,' said Aunt Mattie a little later. "'But I plan to go up early tonight, as I have not finished my packing. "'Do go up whenever you like, Aunt Mattie. Evelyn can see you in your room.' "'Of course I don't mean to go just yet. It is only half-past eight. "'Evelyn had always wanted to sit up late, like the grown-up people.' but now that she was doing it, she found it very stupid. Her mother was slowly knitting on the sweater, and her Aunt Mattie said, as she often did, how much quicker she could knit if she would only learn the continental way, and her Aunt Hilda was making a helmet, while her father read aloud a very stupid book. Evelyn had never felt so sleepy in her whole life. She wondered what would happen if she went to sleep. Her father's voice seemed to grow farther and farther away, and then, the first thing she knew... She found herself being taken upstairs by her father. Aunt Hilda was coming up too. Evelyn, said Aunt Hilda, your mother said I could put you to bed tonight. Aunt Hilda's voice was so kind that the tired little girl threw her arms around her neck. Evelyn, said Aunt Hilda, I love you very much, even when you are naughty, and you were naughty tonight. Aunt Mattie wanted to do you a kindness and she got what seemed to her the prettiest dress she could find. Suppose you wanted to make a little girl very happy, and so you gave her your doll Sarah. I couldn't, because she is my favourite child. I know, but we are just supposing. Suppose you did. And the little girl said, I hate her, she is only an ugly rag doll. How would you feel? I should feel horrid, Evelyn confessed. But Sarah is such a darling. But as your mother said, tastes differ. Now, if you can like a rag doll, even when she is old and careworn, don't you think you could learn to like a fresh new dress when Aunt Mattie was so good as to give it to you? No, I don't, Aunt Hilda. Perhaps you could not think it pretty, but you could feel kindly to Aunt Mattie, who meant to be so kind. I know you are fond of Aunt Mattie. Not fond of her the way I am of you and Mother. Dear Aunt Mattie is the salt of the earth, said Hilda. I am very fond of her and I hate to see her unhappy. Is she unhappy? Yes, you made her feel very badly. Now if I were a little girl, and had had a frock given to me I did not like, and had made my aunt unhappy, I could not go to sleep until I had made things right. I couldn't think it right to say I liked the frock if I didn't, but I should want to run right into her room and kiss her goodbye, and say please forgive me for speaking the way I did. I'll come with you, if it will make it any easier. Evelyn shook her head. I'd rather go all by my own self, she said. Aunt Mattie had put the last things into her trunk and was tugging and straining to get the cover down, for so many more things had gone into it than had come out. She looked heated and very tired. She had not pulled down the curtain that was on the window that overlooked the garden, for there was no one on that side of the house to look in. The night was still and very beautiful. The silver moon was far up in the sky, and the leaves on the oak tree showed almost as plain as if it were day. They were always the last leaves to come out in the spring, and they were almost full-grown now. There was something in the peace and beauty of the night, and in Aunt Hilda's words, that made the little girl feel as if she wanted to be a good child. 
Goodbye, Aunt Mattie, she said. I'm sorry I was such a naughty girl. That is a good girl, said Aunt Mattie as she kissed her warmly. I know you'll like the pretty plaid dress when you begin to wear it. Evelyn shut her lips tight together until she got out of the room, and then she said to herself, I shall always hate it. End of chapter 4 Recording by Dominique Turner, Masoma, Tanzania